This is Soccer City. It was not your typical day at the Etihad City Football Academy, the home of the New York City Football Club's training facility. In addition to the Major League Soccer side, Sisters Manchester City, they took their turn in preparation for the International Champions Cup, which will be Liverpool Wednesday at MetLife. We'll hear from David Villa, Dolme Turon from NYCFC, Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva, and Phil Foden from Manchester City. Our 10 high school students from the NYU School of Professional Studies, they attended a recent NYCFC Montreal Impact match at Yankee Stadium, covering various aspects of the day, from the supporters to the post-game locker room. They'll own today's Soccer on the Block. Every year, MLS recognizes individuals who are using soccer to enhance the lives of others. Brain cancer survivor Adrian Conaboy is the New York City Community MVP, and he'll join me to tell his story and his project, We Can Kick It. It was reunion day at the NYCFC training facility in Orangeburg, New York on Monday. NYC head coach Dolme Turon with Manchester City's manager Pep Guardiola. Guardiola, he's in town as his side, Manchester City, continues their preseason with a Wednesday game against Liverpool. That'll be at MetLife Stadium, part of the International Champions Cup or the ICC. The actual reunion between Turon and Guardiola Well, that took place at Yankee Stadium on Sunday night. They met to watch the Yankees-Mets game, which ended up getting rained out without a pitch being thrown. No matter, Terrell was very happy to see the man he assisted for 11 seasons at Barcelona, Bayern, Munich, and Man City. He's he's my friend, my my, my close friend. He's like a brother for me. uh, We meet uh, last night in the Yankee Stadium. And, you know, uh, finally canceled the, the game. But it's uh, always a pleasure to meet with, with him because uh, for me it's like a brother. He's, uh, he's not just a professional uh, or the coach. For me, he's, uh, he's like my family. Did you find a Japanese restaurant? <laughs> is, uh, tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow uh, we have a day off. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> but don't forget, uh, Pep lives here one year. And right now, uh, Pep knew, uh, knows more restaurants than me. <laughs> <laughs> Terrain uh, on the job less than two months. Pep, he took a year's sabbatical between the Bayern, Munich, and Manchester City jobs and lived in New York City. The other reunion was David Villa and Guardiola, Villa winning a pair of La Liga titles and the Champions League under Pep at Barcelona. And he worked closely with Terrain at Barcelona as well. And Villa suggested on Monday that the uh, NYCFC players under Terrain, uh, it, it's, it's all starting to take shape. Yeah, of course. With the pass of the time, the, the players accommodate himself for the Dome once in the in the field. Every train is a, a test. It's a, a day for, for learn about the new the new coach. And in the meantime, that we need to learn his new style, that different of, of Patrick. We want so it's everything everything perfect. So we need time. Of course, we have time because you know that we have great great position in the in the table. And the most important in this league is the, is the playoffs. So we are good. We are good with him. V is back healthy. That's good as well. He, he's missed four straight matches with an injured knee. New York City, 
3-1 and one during that period without their captain. And the task for New York City, back-to-back road matches, two in five days, starting with Orlando City on Thursday night and then at Seattle on Sunday. Both those matches will be heard live here on WNYE. For Manchester City, it's preseason and a very new preseason for Riyad Mahrez, whose £60 million transfer after five seasons at Leicester City has put him in the spotlight. Uh, the Algerian winger claims, though, it, there's no added pressure for him to perform. No, because if you think about that, yes, you're going to be, oh, I need to do this. No, it's just football. You know, some some defender go for £80 million. So that's the, that's the football now. The price is uh, are high, high and it's, it's part of, the, of the, the, the game now. But I don't feel any pressure, no. Not at all. Mahrez uh, has an EPL title, the unforgettable Leicester City story, in 2015 and 16. And he's had close-up looks at Guardiola's side in Manchester over the last two years, which provided him some inspiration for this move, which had been rumored since last winter. Yes, yeah, being a long, a long way, you know, I was very, very happy to, to sign. But, you know, sometimes in football it's like this. Some stuff goes quick, sometimes goes slow, you know. Uh, but at the end, I'm here, and that's why that, that's that's the most important. Yeah. He's very ambitious, you know. He wants to win everything. He wants to win. Uh, he always wants to work. He is working very hard in training, uh, in uh, small details, everything. So I think it's good because. I will improve in the him and he will improve the squad as well, so it's good. Riyad Mahrez. Bernardo Silva is entering his second season in the midfield for Manchester City. He arrived on Sunday night from Lisbon, Portugal, and was on the training pitch Monday at 11 a.m. Silva given time to recover from Portugal's round of 16 exit from the World Cup against Uruguay. Well, of course we wanted to, we wanted to do better. We know we, we could have done better. And we're not happy about it. But for me, that it was the first big competition that I've played for for Portugal. It was a great experience. The World Cup. It's a different competition, and it was great to be there. Even though our campaign was not uh, what we we were expecting. Do you, what do you take away from it personally? What, what well, did you learn from it? Learned a lot. Learned a lot, especially because, as I said, it's a different competition. Uh, uh, it was it was really it was really hot because we were playing the World Cups are played in the summer uh, the teams they they're not as used to play between each other as as for example in the Champions League and but it was a great experience as I said I've learned a lot of things from it and I expect on the next ones to not make the same mistakes that I that I made on the front. And it was especially disappointing, said Silva, after a thrilling opener. You'll remember it against the 2010 World Cup winners, a 3-3 draw. Well, that first game against Spain, uh, it was a very exciting game, 3-3. On the end of it, uh, we were playing against probably one of one of the best one of the best national teams in the world. Uh, they started the World Cup as one of the favourites, so uh, we knew we were playing against a great team. And to get one point on the first game against such a, a good team, it was not as bad as that. So yeah, we, we thought we were we were doing well. And when we passed through the through the group stage, uh, and we were playing against Uruguay, we had a lot of expectations. Unfortunately, we we couldn't we couldn't beat them, and that's it. Like Silva, 18-year-old Phil Foden is also entering his second season with the first team with a total of five appearances in all competitions, his second preseason. My first preseason was just 
experience, like learning how to play with the first team. Um, I think it brought me on as a player, and now I feel like more mature and um, comfortable playing with the first team players. From last year, I think I've um, got a lot bigger and matured as a player, so I think I'm, I'm getting um, closer to where I need to be and um, more physical so yeah I'm working hard on it and hopefully I can get where, where I want to. An award laden year for the teenager the U17 World Cup Championship and he was named the tournament's top player and with so many of Man City's first team players still absent from preseason to gain some rest and relaxation after the Russia World Cup Foden is likely to get a good run this preseason. Well, how's this for a project? Ten high school students with a chance to cover all the aspects of a New York City FC match, a midweek affair at Yankee Stadium against the Montreal Impact. Well, they own it again. Soccer City's Soccer on the Block. Hi, I'm Farris Hyman. Hello, I'm Kimberly Molina. Hi, I'm Maria Ramirez, and we're here at Yankee Stadium interviewing families about soccer in the community. So, what's your guys' name? Uh, my name is David Hine. Jay Axelrod. And... Shmuel Axelrod. <laughs> Marcos Quintana. And... Joseph Lee. What's your name? John Lee. Uh, so, how long have you guys been supporting NYCFC? Uh, not too long. Not too long. It's actually our first game here. Uh, just the last, what, two two years. Yeah, I started coming last year for the first time. What is the meaning of soccer to you? The meaning of soccer to me? I don't know. What, what do I get out of soccer? I mean, I, I get a, a sense of community with the people that I help organize. In fact, I help organize a group here in the city. Uh, we have about a thousand members, and we, uh, we play five or six times a week. Soccer is awesome. Uh, and Having it here in our backyard, we live in the Bronx, so having it here has been awesome. We usually go to baseball games and basketball games, so going to soccer with some cousins and some families is actually a nice uh, family time uh, together. Do you think soccer uh, can bring together communities? From what I've seen through the emails, there's certainly a, a fair bit of community service and uh, like building building pitches throughout Queens, is that what I, what I saw? So the teams themselves are kind of uh, very uh, culturally diverse. You have players from all over the world on each team. Uh, you look around the stands, you see different colors of people. Um, soccer should be all over. It's a great sport, it's fun, it's active to get kids out the house, and kids would enjoy it if it was all over the world. So I'm Ferris Hyman, and I'm here with Sean Johnson. So how and why did you start playing soccer? Yeah, I started playing. I just found love in the game. Uh, my parents are from Jamaica, so it was kind of in the, the cultural background. Um, and I uh, saw my dad play every weekend and got excited about it, run around, kick around, and then finally just asked if I could play organized soccer. So, What do you think that the role of soccer is now in, in the community? Um, in the community, I think it's just for everybody to, to have the ability to play. I think um, that's the most important thing as you see around the world. Kids all around, around the world uh, find a way to play wherever they can, uh, whether it's on it's on grass, it's on turf, it's on uh, the street, whatever it is. Um, you see so many programs and initiatives that have uh, just to try to provide opportunity for kids to get out and play. So I think that's what uh, that's where we're headed. And you know that a program called City in the Community, funded by NYCFC. 
Correct, yeah. Uh, what do you think about City in the Community and how it's changing the, the world and bringing communities together now? Yeah, I think it's, it's great. And, uh, and, you know, I think the initiative to bring uh, many soccer pitches to uh, different boroughs um, over the, the next few years I think is great. Um, provides, like I said, opportunity for kids to get out and play. So um, it's just huge. It's just having the ability to, to play the, the world sport, um, I think, is uh, something, that, a, a luxury that everybody should have. For Soccer on the Block, this is Ferris Hymed. Kimberly Molina and Maria Ramirez. Here's the header and it's safe at the front post. Collins had the opportunity. Evan Bush with a brilliant first time shot for Morales. Save! Evan Bush! Oh, Morales was running. Hello, guys. It's Surreal. I'm Piero. We're here at Yankee Stadium watching the NYCFC versus Montreal game. We're about to interview Matt Lawrence, the WNYE color commentator. What do you do? Uh, I am a co-commentator for NYCFC and Sporting Kansas City in MLS. How did you start color commentator? Uh, I used to play football. I used to play soccer. So I had a professional career for 16 or 17 years back home in England. And I just want to do as much as I can with, with football and, and grow in the game, specifically in the U.S., we know it's growing, but obviously soccer in America is competing with American football, with ice hockey, with basketball, with baseball. So it's still in a kind of infancy phase in America, but it, it's growing. And I want it to grow and grow and grow until it's the biggest sport in America. Can the MLS grow with the help from the community? With the help from the community, yes, of course, because the more people who watch it, the better it is. Is it the community different here from England? Yeah, of course. Yeah, back home in England, we only have one major sport, and that's soccer. Whereas here in the States, as a, soccer is competing with massive sports. Community is different here. You guys grow up in, here in, um, in America as baseball. I feel baseball, basketball, American football are your number one sports. If you're back home in England or Ireland or Scotland or Wales, it's just soccer. We don't really have anything else. There's no com competition with soccer. The problem for MLS and the problem for soccer is growing it as a brand, as a sport, I guess more in, in middle America because it's something that gets kind of lost in middle America. I think when you get to the, and I'm not going to try and claim that I know everything about America, when you get to middle states, it's all about, if we're talking about Texas, it's all about American football. So it's tough. It's going to be really tough for soccer to outcompete, outgrow American football in Texas. Soccer here in the States is predominantly a middle, upper class white person sport and that's just a fact, that's not me saying that, that's just how it is. It needs to become for, for soccer to grow in the States, it needs to be the first to go to sport for somebody growing up in the projects in Chicago, for somebody growing up in the projects in LA. Incredibly difficult to make that happen and to make soccer compete with the huge sports are already here in, in the United States, and that's going to take years. This is Kwaku. And this is Serene. We are here at Yankee Stadium watching a game between NYCFC against Montreal Impact. We'll be interviewing people about what they think, how soccer impacts the community. Here we have Mr. Connor What does ESPN think of like the future of soccer in New York? We really doubled down on it this year um, with the launch of our direct-to-consumer product, ESPN Plus. So we now are own uh, or broadcast all of the out-of-market rights to every single one of the MLS's games. So 
um, if you are a fan of NYCFC, but you go to Washington D.C. and you want to watch the games, they're all on on the the new ESPN app. So, in addition to that, we also continue to, to think about covering global football um, through our ESPN FC show, uh, which is a, sort of a daily news and information show about the game around the world. Um, we uh, uh, have deals with U.S. soccer and and a number of international leagues to showcase their games and their rights. And, and for us, it's been a growing commitment over the last decade, really, um, as the sport continues to grow in this country. How does soccer build community? Yeah, I think nothing brings people together like sports. Um, they're this sort of great equalizer of, you know, people come to Yankee Stadium to watch an NYCFC game or, or a Yankee game from every walk of life, young, old, different races. Uh, they may have different political beliefs, but they can all kind of come and unite to root for NYCFC or root for the Yankees. And I think that's like, that's one of the great things about sports is that it does build, we share a common interest, and it, it builds community in that way. It brings people together. It brings people together, right? Who, who may have nothing else in common, but, you know, they both like David Villa. After the interview with Connor Show, we went to the players' locker room and interviewed Jonathan Lewis. Hi, Jonathan Lewis. Um, what role do you think the club can play in the community? Uh, I think definitely, like, being a big club in the MLS, uh, we're definitely here. Like, I think we can help promote soccer in America a lot more than some of the other teams. So, obviously, we play on TV a lot more. So, I think we can get, like, soccer as a sport out to the New York community and the people around us that maybe aren't as into soccer as some of the other states that are around us. Um, thank you. And we'd like to ask, why is it important for the club to play a role in the community? Uh, I think to help build our brand, like, I think we need to be able to reach out to the people that are around us, and I definitely think that us, like, doing things like, uh, I think it's, like, the soccer in the community, the thing, like, where we build all the fields and, like, we host those tournaments, I think that helps us, like, build our brand as a club. Signing off, it's NYU and Soccer Block. This is Kwaku. And Serene. This was my first time being here, and it was very amazing. This is Tahir. And this is Eddie. And we are here at Yankee Stadium interviewing Melly from the Third Rail. So what's your name and what's your role here? Hi, my name is Melly and I am the Director of Membership for the Third Rail. What is the Third Rail? The Third Rail is the biggest supporter organization that you're going to find in the supporter section for NYCFC games. We travel around the country to support NYCFC and we also try to support our community, our local city community. Um, so I know that there are uh, a lot of communities, uh, a lot of the real communities. Can you tell me about yours? Um, our community is all of New York City. So we go around, the, we have people from the five boroughs, um, including Westchester, New Jersey, some from Connecticut and Long Island. Um, so anything that's taking place around town, um, and I use the term town loosely, um, we will be there. Uh, we, we know of some people who will go and travel for the academy kids um, because that's our soccer community. Uh, 
Why did you join the third row? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, I joined the third row because I wanted to be part of something that was bigger than just me. Um, I was started out as an independent supporter, so I would travel to the local regional games um, with a friend of mine. But it, I mean, it's fun, but you don't really know who everyone is. Um, once I joined the third row, it just opened up a whole other group of people to me. Um, and then now I have so many friends that I always have something to do. Um, do you believe that uh, the third row has a positive impact on the community or all your communities? I do. Um, so one of the things that we try to do is that we try to bring the younger kids in. So the soccer culture that we're kind of used to is one of just semi-hooliganism. Um, but we're bringing younger kids in and it's we're teaching them that there's more to soccer than just what they have seen before. Um, what makes the third rail different from other sports teams like baseball, basketball, and football? This is a very good question considering the fact that I was just at a Yankee game the other day. Um, one of the things that I have found, um, at least the difference with a baseball game, is that we have a greater camaraderie than we do at, um, with like baseball fans. We definitely come out and support the team. At the end of the game, you'll find a couple of people who will say hi to the players, and the players will remember who we are. They'll see us in other, in other um, cities because we will travel. We will go there. For Soccer on the Block, this is Tahir Hymet. And this is Ed Coney. Thanks to our special contributors to this week's Soccer on the Block. There's a special story next on Soccer City, and it belongs to Adrian Conaboy. He is the New York City Community MVP among 23 finalists from each city in Major League Soccer with a $25,000 charitable award presented to the person that best utilized soccer to have a positive impact on the community. I'll tell you how to vote after Adrian tells us his story. In 2016, I got diagnosed with uh, brain cancer and... Uh through my journey with that, um, seeing all the kids uh, in hospital, you know, I, I had to have a resection and uh, I couldn't speak and I had a weakness on the right side. Um, so, you know, brain surgery is nothing to be sniffed at, uh, I'm sure. Um, but so I set up the charity when I, I couldn't work, when I was doing uh, my treatment, um, chemo and radiation, and uh, I wrote a business plan. I got the 5013 status, it's been a journey to get this far and to be recognized by New York City uh, as the you know, community MVP, it's an honor. Yeah. So um, was this something sudden that occurred in your life? I mean, how exactly was it, was it diagnosed? So basically I was walking uh, around Manhattan on a, an August afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, and I had a seizure out of nowhere. So I'd never had a seizure in my life. Um, so I thought I was having a heart attack. I remember it. Uh, I, I didn't really, I didn't black out. But on the on the way to the uh, the hospital, they tested my heart and they said, "Look, there's nothing wrong with your heart. It's you're fine." I was like, "What happened?" I, I just thought I was dehydrated. And then um, they run some tests when I got to the hospital and they said I have to stay in overnight. And um, and they showed me uh, a mass on my brain is the size of a golf ball. So I'll show you a picture of it uh, afterwards. So. Um, that was, you know, it's just a massive shock. Uh, and then I had uh, surgery three days later. 
So you have the surgery, you're in recovery, and uh, but again, uh, somehow uh, the kids have inspired you in terms of this uh, this charity, this foundation. Yes, like um, because um, obviously I'm a soccer coach, and um, I wanted to be involved in soccer, uh, and obviously. Uh, after I had surgery, I couldn't speak for like two months. So I learned to speak again through um, singing. So it was, I, uh, luckily I, uh, my brother, we big Oasis fans and um, uh, we put some Oasis on and I, I, I could sing the words, it was unbelievable. So it was a, an unbelievable moment. And then the doctors said to me, uh, you know, just keep him singing, keep him singing and it will come back. It's like a flow. So the left side of your brain affects the right side of your body. So my my tumor is in the left frontal lobe. So it's my word forming that's affected. So um, yes, it's been a battle, but like doing, uh, you know, fa- founding the charity and you know, doing like I I I, I appreciate that kids shouldn't have you know going through the same thing. You know what I mean? So and the kids uh, in the program they can relate to it. Because and the families, so it's it's for kids affected by cancer. So we do, you know, it it, it might be a sibling, it might be your mum has cancer, so that they can all jo- join. We can kick it, and it's a safe environment, a fun uh, environment to uh, to have kids be kids, basically. What's what are some of the specific uh, activities uh, within this environment you're talking about? Well, we just ba- basically provide soccer programs, so it's. Uh, uh, you know, it's we like the main thing is they have fun. Uh, so and they learn a new skill and they get to the, the chance to play the game. So um, that's uh, it's a very basic. That's the, the main formula. And then we do some one-on-one sessions. I, we visit kids when they're not able to play, they're too sick, and then you know, for instance, we bought like uh, you know, you know, their favorite soccer jerseys and. Um, we had a, we visited a kid um, a couple of months ago before the, um, the Champions League final. He's, he's a mad Liverpool fan, so we got him a shirt and a uh, Champions League final ball, something like that. Like it's uh, and spend some time with the families and and they really appreciate it. I'm fascinated by uh, the method that you got your words back through singing. Yeah. Was it just Oasis, or, or were there other things, other groups that you uh, that you, you went through? Uh, no, it, it was basically Oasis like, that got me back in singing, and then um, obviously I, I joined a choir, actually. <laughs> it's like I would never have joined a choir. Um, it's a Britcock, a Britcock choir, and uh, it, it, we uh, rehearsed every Monday night in um, Manhattan. And we've done a couple of performances. Uh, yeah, so, so it's amazing. I, I wouldn't have done that before. Um, I, I got I got sick, but you know, you know, I've been open to trying new things. Like you know, when I think when you get diagnosed with cancer, you know, you it completely changes your life and your outset. So I just want to do something good, and and I'm through. We can kick it. It's you know, I'm still involved in soccer. Uh, you know, and. I'm, I'm, I get more out of it than coaching, you know, high-level players. So, yeah. Is the band aware of your recovery and, and how exactly that happened? Yes, actually. Yeah, I, um, I met actually. Liam, well, I got invited backstage when he, Liam Gallagher performed at the McKendrick Hotel last year, and uh, that was I, I was like so starstruck. Um, and uh, he um, offered me a drink, and I was on chemo at the time. 
So I was like, you're not going to refuse a drink from Liam Gallagher. So I was like, he was awesome. Like He spent like 20 minutes with me and my wife and his uh, girlfriend, Debbie. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he, he, he was he was awesome. Yeah, like, it was unbelievable to, like, meet the, the guy that, um, you know, I was, like, going through such a tormented time with... I could understand every, everything in the room. Uh, people d- discussing, like, you know, I, I could respond through singing, but the doctors would come to me and say, where are you? Where are you? I'm, I couldn't say I was in a hospital in New York City. I mean, I, but I could sing Wonderwall. So, like, that's... That's awesome. Yeah, the, 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 my neighbours, uh, they, they weren't impressed, like, with my singing, but, you know... Yeah. Oh, well. I'm curious, is that is that a therapy that utilises... Uh, for, for those Basically, with brain tumors and that might lose that part of their um, yes, capacity? Yeah, frontal lobe, it, I have aphasia now. So um, aphasia is when you struggle to find your words. So um, lyrics or um, there's a different part of the brain. So, so they're stored in... So, I mean, I've heard uh, stories about, um, you know, people who have brain surgery and they, you know, end up speaking another language so if they you know um if they spent time in france they go revolt back to their memory of uh, being in france and they end up speaking it's it's, it's crazy how your brain works yeah yeah uh, it's the mls works community mvp contest we can kick it is adrian's project and you can vote for adrian at mlsworkscmvp.com that's mlsworkc mvp.com $25,000 to charity for the winner and that'll do it for soccer city i'm glenn crooks and enjoy your week of soccer